Hey folks, my name is Jason Spies and I travel across these great states talking to small business owners, CEOs, policymakers, musicians and mentors about making money, giving back and balancing life. I find out how they prioritize professional and personal time while still making money. Yes indeed, our guests are real heavyweights in understanding business and life. So get ready to relax, learn a little bit, and get a cup of coffee ready because my name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. We got a fantastic program in store for you today. Coffee and Capitalism Radio brings you exclusive interviews and distinct content from leaders who drive our economy. From CEOs to small business owners to mentors, Coffee and Capitalism is a leader in innovation, ideas, and inspiration. Coffee and Capitalism is about making money and giving back. Our version of capitalism has a very big giving back component, whether it be with your time, with your money. Heck, we even talk about how to spend a little bit more time with your family. On today's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we talk with Dr. Robert Nielsen with Nielsen Counseling Services about why he chooses only to have a handful of clients while focusing more on the non-work-related parts of life. And then John Burda, CEO of Torchlight Energy Services, they're a public company, gives an overview of why they decided to go into the Delaware Basin down in Texas, which is close to the Permian Basin. Very interesting interview as he talks about how old school technology is new school and timing is the key player down in the Delaware Basin. Mike Griffith, Vice President for Knighton Industries, explains how their business is operating these days and how millennials are impacting their industry's culture and bottom line. And then our multimedia kidpreneur Otis sits down with singing songwriter sensation Blind Joe. They talk a little bit about how to make some money in the music business. All that plus much more on today's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio. My name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch Coaching. I got to watch him give a talk at TEDx Brookings, and I saw him come into his own where he shared uncomfortable things from his past in a way that created a teaching environment. And Eric's somebody that could easily lead with all he's accomplished, and it's a long list. To find out more information about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch come to your company or event, visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Dr. Robert Nielsen with Nielsen Counseling Services. You were asked if I'm looking for more business. Well, I mean, I'm always open uh, for referrals. However... Like I said, I only see four to six clients. That's pretty limited. I'm very fortunate to have, you know, the opportunity to only see that many because it gives me a chance to really be able to get to know the few I have. Um, but on the other hand, 
they usually do quite well and they aren't uh, in to see me for too many sessions. So if I have a client within four to eight sessions, they're ready to be on their own, um, then I have another opening. Mm -hmm. So I always have openings coming up. Uh, right now, I, I don't, but I probably would in another two weeks to a month. I probably would again. You know, talk about North Dakota. I look at it this way. You talked about being stuck. Here's an individual who's out with their <coughs> car, and they take, they're on hunting, okay? Mm -hmm. And they take a dirt road, and they get uh, into an area where the dirt road um, got a little too muddy and they get their car stuck, okay? They're spinning their wheels like crazy. Okay, that's like a person who's got high stress, okay? And they tell themselves, well, I can get out, I can get out, and this, um, okay, big Steiger tractor comes by, and the guy gets out, because, you know, North Dakota, Minnesota, nice, and says, hey, uh, do you want me to give you a pull? And they say, no, 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 I'll get it, no, no, I'll get it. All they need is to get a pull, you know, mm -hmm. all they need is a little help uh, along the line. Get the stagger, hook them up, pull them out, and they're on their own again, okay? Well, it's kind of like counseling. You, you can get a little pull and get out, and you're on your own again. That's why I don't see clients over a long period of time very often. I hope I can look at myself as a stagger tractor, and I hope that they're saying, yeah, uh, you know, hook on. Uh, and uh, you know what? They got to put it in gear too. They can't just sit there. They got to, you know, we're pulling all backwards. Mm -hmm. They got to have it in reverse and go back to where they were, and then start over in a different, in a different way. And sometimes when you don't have a Steiger tractor around, you need three buddies to push you. There you go. You know, I mean, yeah. hey, just to add to your story a little bit. That's it, good because that's a good analogy. Well, yeah, because sometimes you might not have the big powerful thing around, yeah. so you need three average things to just kind of push you along and that sort of thing and yeah. you know because that can work you know, life's a journey type of a thing so why not well the only thing i have to say about that is my bias and that is that even three um buddies uh, may not be able to pull you out where the steiger could right that's what i mean it's <laughs> it's kind of you know it's, yeah that's uh so any final thoughts anything we missed anything you might want to reiterate uh be sure you plug your business again and that sort of thing so we, I, I always give guests the the final the final throw, so. Well, Nielsen Counseling does operate out of West Fargo um, in, in an office that is very comfortable, very confidential. Um, and, uh, yeah, I am glad we had the interview, but mainly just because I hope others benefit from just listening. Um, but if somebody needs to contact me, the best way is just through a telephone call. And do uh, you want me to give that number? Sure, if you want. I mean, okay. you know, go ahead. Sure. Um, it's 701-361-4176. And it's Dr. Robert C. Nielsen. I go by Dr. Bob mainly because my students at NDSU kind of took that up. And some of my clients are thinking that's kind of fun. So, And um, I guess we'll end the interview on uh, how big was the northern you caught the other night? <laughs> Oh, I live on Lake Lida, uh, out of Pelican Rapids, Minnesota, and I was out buzz uh, baiting for bass, which means I'm pulling a, uh, a lure across the surface of the water that's kind of buzzing along and looking for some largemouth or smallmouth bass, and I get uh, a pretty good hit close to the boat. It's a really big splash, and 
takes off on me and a few, well, 15 minutes later, I finally land a northern. That is the biggest one I've caught and since I've lived in uh, uh, the lake, I lived on the lake. Uh, it was almost uh, 20 pounds, and that's not as big as the one I have on the wall, but I got that up in the Boundary Waters of Minnesota, Canada, and that's uh, almost twice as big as that. But Tw 20 pounds, and that was from the, the biggest one you caught on your lake? That's the biggest one I caught on this lake, yeah. Um, okay. And it's just uh, How many inches? this week. 40. 40 inches, yeah. 20, 20 pounds. Almost 20, yeah. And you were just trying to catch a smallmouth or largemouth bass yeah. to pass the time. Well, and that's what I'm saying uh, you did also. The balance. We have to have things that are, are fun. Uh, freedom, fun, belonging. Um, you know, they're, they're all very important to us. Um, and you got to have fun things to do in your life um, to get that time to disengage from the other things and engage in things that you can really focus on and concentrate on. When you're throwing a bassler, you got to be concentrating on, you know, where you're going to hit uh, and how, how to pull it in. And once you get a fish on the line, you know, you're not thinking about, for me, I'm not thinking about my clients. You know, I'm thinking about what to do in order to get them in the net. That's the way that goes. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. It's been fun. To listen to the full-length interview with Dr. Robert Nielsen or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, John Berta, the CEO of Torchlight Energy Services. John Berta, CEO of Torchlight Energy. Well, we appreciate Mr. Berta joining us today. Grateful for his time uh, to, to uh, do kind of an audio, I'm sorry, do kind of a multimedia press release, if you will. We got a press release on their recent acreage acquirement in the Delaware Basin, and there's also something to do with a Winkler project. So we're very grateful that uh, Mr. Burda can join us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and you? Uh, doing all right today, doing all right. Uh, this uh, press release caught my eye because, for one, anything outside of the Permian uh, Basin is good good news for, for people because Permian seems to be getting uh, a lot of the headline, and rightfully so, but there are other shale plays that are still happening. So uh, this press release caught my eye for that reason. And then also the Winkler project. So uh, I'd like to ask you about that. Uh, first off, what, um, what what was the reason? What was the, uh, if, if you can share it all, um, wh why'd you guys choose the Delaware when all the other shale plays are going on like they are? Well, the Delaware Basin, as you know, is, is probably one of the hottest shale plays. Um, you know, it is Permian Basin. Uh, era of rocks and between the Midland Basin and the Delaware Basin is really, um, you know, where the hottest uh, trends are right now. And this one really was just a follow on to what we did in December. We were, uh, we acquired some acreage in December through a, a three party agreement with Miko, T 
floor out of Denver, and then Greg McCabe, one of his entities, who is our largest shareholder and chairman, we picked up a small um, Delaware Basin position in Winkler County uh, back in December. And at that point, we were part of an AMI. And so this additional acreage was just acreage that was part of the AMI. And um, uh, one of the other partners in the AMI um, had leased the acreage and um, had to offer it to the rest of us. So we did that. And we we, we basically uh, chose to exercise our option to participate in that acreage. And then in addition to that, uh, MECO 4 uh, was going to be drilling a well uh, starting this summer, but they had an, an aggressive timeline and wanted to get started earlier. So um, this particular well was in, in the offset acreage that was just acquired. And so we decided to move our carry onto this well. So we have no capex in this drilling of this particular well. And uh, we're going to be dissecting and going through about five different pay zones in the Delaware Basin, but ultimately it'll likely be a Wolf Camp A or uh, Wolf Camp B well. well. We'll determine that after the pilot hole is drilled. What what, what determines those different layers? Is, is there a layman's view of that? I mean, because you're right, you know, well, the, really the Delaware, the Wolf layer, Camp, the Permian, they're all layer. like kind of connected. Yeah, the, well, the layers are, um, you know, for example, Midland Basin probably has uh, in the in the sweet spot of the Midland, five or six different layers or uh, zones, benches, so to speak, that you can drill to horizontally. And in the Delaware Basin, the the, the uh, more you get to the deepest section of the Delaware, that could be eight or nine benches that you're targeting over time. And that's why the, the acreage positions are worth so much money. Um, you just saw probably a couple of weeks ago with the Concho purchase of RSP Permian, you know, paying up upwards of 70000 an acre. And there's a reason for that. They're going to be drilling in acreage for the next 50 years. It's just insane how much how much there is to drill out there. And uh, so that's why the acreage value is so high. And um, you know we're happy to be there, even though it's a very small project for us. Uh, we're happy to be there for sure. <clears throat> What's the uh, uh, Winkler project? I, you, you touched on it earlier, but uh, just kind of a, a brief overview of that. Yeah, the Winkler project is just how we internally refer to it as that. Uh, there's about 1,080 gross acres of which we have an eight in Winkler County, Texas, and it is uh, just coming down off of the Central Basin platform into the Delaware Basin. Uh, it's a little bit shallower than the deepest por- portions of the uh, Delaware, so we'll probably only encounter probably four to five potential horizontal targets. Um, you know, so you know, still even even in a worse day, that's a great thing. So. Um, we're very happy to have the position and the geology and the work that was originally done on this acreage was done by Rich Masterson, who was our consulting geologist on our projects, and he is uh, kind of the guru of the Permian Basin. And uh, you know, if you if you ask around the basin with uh, all the geologists out there from different companies, ask about Rich Masterson, they all think he's the guy. In fact, he's he's won a couple of lifetime achievement awards uh, from his peers based upon his work in the Delaware. And, and Midland Basin. So uh, great guy to have on our team, and um, <clears throat> all of this uh, came about because of his geologic work. John Berta, CEO Torchlight, uh, based out of Plano, Texas, uh, talking about the Delaware Basin acreage they recently acquired. Uh, next question, uh, see if we can't make sense of this, because um, sometimes I don't even understand my own questions, but 
What what kind of was pushed you guys over the edge to do this? Uh, I say that because so much innovation has happened to where um, sometimes you need just to get the right chemistry worked out or the the right uh, numbers to work out or oil prices to be at the right thing or you know for, even leases for landowners to work things out. Was was it a combination of things? I guess what what, what was the rationale for the timing of now to do this? Uh, really for us it was it really was forced upon us by the acquisition within our AMI uh, okay. by a couple of other partners. So we had to make a decision on it rather quickly and um, uh, based upon what we had to pay for the acreage which has not was not disclosed, but then what acreage around us is going for, it was kind of a no brainer to pick this up. Okay. Um, and it, it is directly west of our current leasehold position, and so this this is truly a bolt-on uh, piece of land for us. So we're very happy to get it uh, at a very good price, and it's already drilling and already down to five thousand feet. So we're we're very happy to have it, and and it'll be the first in probably I would say between twenty-five and thirty wells to be drilled out there. Um, you know, potentially over the next two to three years. Outstanding. Uh, if you got a few more minutes, I just want to ask you about how how some of the activity in the other shale plays going. Are you guys seeing um, so, some work in other shale plays? Oh yeah, you know, the, we really focus on um, you know West Texas. We have a, a big twelve thousand acre position in uh, the Midland Basin, Eastern Midland Basin that we're currently developing. However, we are marking that position uh, as we speak. But for us as a company, as Torchlight, our biggest play is 133,000 acre position we have in the Oro Grande Basin, which is really West Texas. It's about 30 miles east of El Paso. And the Oro Grande Basin was uh, tried and failed back in the uh, early 80s and the early 2000s when people were trying for a more conventional deeper gas and drilled right through the shales and silts. And if you, you know, kind of fast forward 10 years, 11 years, uh, it wasn't until 2010, 11, 12, where people were starting to figure out that these sales, uh, shales and silts can be potential horizontal targets. And, and that's when Rich Masterson and Greg McCabe went out and, and tied up that acreage. And we are now uh, testing our first horizontal uh, in that acreage right now, and, and things are looking really, really good. So uh, for us, if we can prove up that acreage, it's going to be a game changer for Torchlight for sure. Are you guys hitting your milestones on that? And I know sometimes, you know, you can get ahead of the curve and you can hit some snags and you got to, you know, get, get a little bit of a learning experience, especially when it comes to, you know, some of this unconventional drilling. So how's the overall 5,000-foot view? You said, you know, great and everything, but um, are, are you guys feeling pretty confident about things? Well, we're very, very confident about things, but I do think that, you know, from a macro perspective, you're going to start seeing some things kind of uh, clog up the system, meaning uh, there are a lot more uh, acres to drill in the Permian, uh, both, both Midland, Delaware, and where we're drilling in the Oro Grande. Uh, people still need to hold acres, but there, there's a shortage of horsepower for, for frack crews and a shortage of frack crews itself. And sand is becoming, you know, more difficult uh, to get logistically. So, you know, that's really what's going to hold back the play. I, I don't see us, you know, the uh, that particular region getting more frothy than it is without solutions to those problems. Um, you know, and in addition to that, one of the other things we're seeing is that some of the larger companies in the play are getting um, some heat from shareholders 
To listen to the full-length interview with John Berta, the CEO of Torchlight Energy Services, or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. The Moody River Band has a new album hitting the downloadable streets on April 1st. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about hatch coaching. I think it's a really exciting time for our young leaders today because um, leaders like Eric Hatch are changing the face of what it means to lead an organization or what it means to lead a brand. He's changing that. For many years, I think that the, the gold standard of leadership has been somebody who is very polished and has it all together or seemingly has it all together and throughout the years. Um, I think that we've now, especially with technology and social media, we are drawn to what's real. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery. A project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Mike Griffith, Vice President for Knighton Industries. Mike Griffith and Knighton Industries. Excellent. Thank you for joining us here today. Knighton Industry, K-N-I-G-H-T-E-N. So we got the uh, kind of the medieval knight when we say Knighton Industries. But talk to me a little bit about your involvement in the uh, oil and gas industry. Well, we've been uh, actually involved in the oil and gas industry in Texas since 1969. Uh, Bill Knighton, who's 88 years old, comes to work every day, runs our service shop in, in Odessa. Uh, but we've expanded out to about eight operations, eight stores in Texas and one in New Mexico. From that first store in 1969 in Odessa, Texas. And what have you seen over the past, call it the 10 years that the shale play's been going on, and maybe even a little bit beforehand? You're down in the heart of the, you know, the, the, the energy capital of the, the world, Texas. Um, has it changed much down there over the last 20 years in terms of just the worker and anticipation and people and that sort of thing? Well, gosh, I think the oil field's changed, yes. Uh, 
I hate to bring in the millennial label, but uh, the way society's changed, I mean, the oil, the oil field's changing the same way. Um, we, we're having to take steps to deal with the younger generation now and the way they were raised with the electronic age and the technological age. So we're, we're trying to adapt. We're an old company that's trying to adapt to the new way of doing things. That's interesting you brought up the um, millennial because I'm hearing that more and more and people are, they're, they're kind of having to look over their shoulders a little bit because they've been put on such a pedestal and a platform over the last 10 years. Well, the reality is starting to play itself out, in my opinion, which I've seen uh, a lot of these guys, and I'll give you an example of some other people that comments I've heard. Um, a lot of people that are making decisions now in oil and gas have never even been on a well site. Um, you are starting to see more things like that, and that has changed the industry. And some people are kind of not sure how to absorb that, how to take that. I don't know if you want to comment on that at all, but I just wanted to add that example to what you were talking about because this is becoming more and more of an issue, I think, than what people are making of it, especially considering 70% of the industry is going to retire in the next five to 10 years. Absolutely true. And I'm, being 55, I mean, we, we all have to adapt and learn how to deal with the, uh, the new way of doing things. And we've had to come up with new websites to interact with the millennials. They don't like to talk as much. Um, we've had to adapt everywhere. But, but that's also the new So, but, uh, but I see us catering to the engineer now because we do have engineers that haven't been out on the website. So they're grabbing hold of people that trust. And, you know, you do a few good jobs and keep this young engineer out of hot water and he becomes a friend and business goes on as, as usual. Uh, but it has become a huge deal. And every 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 meeting I go to across the country talks about dealing with the millennials. Breaking up there a little bit, uh, I'm going to jump in here for just a second and uh, mention another comment I heard just to not pile things on, but give another example. When I was talking to Cindy Sanford up in the Bakken, she works for uh, North Dakota Job Service, and one of the comments she made really stood out, which she said a lot of um, the younger workforce does not know how to use a computer. They know how to use their smartphone, but they don't know how to use a desktop computer. That floored me. That absolutely floored me. Are you are you seeing any of that down in Texas? Uh, you don't know. I haven't really seen that. I I do see that in the on the mechanical side. We run we're a service company, and so we have uh, mechanics that go out to location, field mechanics that will travel out to location and work on someone's pump out on location. And uh, a lot of the younger generation mechanics are yes, they're very good on their phones, and so we've actually we've adapted to some forms and some apps that, that download onto the phone to where these guys can actually fill out their paperwork on their smartphone. And they're, they're very good at that. Now, they're a lot better at that than they are taking a piece of paper and, and writing it out because that's like pulling teeth. But we've had a lot better luck trying to get these guys to do their daily uh, reports out on their phones rather than writing them out. Hmm. So it, it sounds like they're... You're, you guys are experiencing that if you're adapting it, that the um, there was a much of 
much of a push that uh, some action was taken. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, now that we're done solving the world's problems, talk to me about what you guys have going on. I mean, is business pretty good down there? Uh, business is great, in fact. We're very blessed. You know, we went through uh, the, all the way through 2014 with the growth series for Texas, and for us also, 15 and 16, with the cycle we were taking a, a dump. We, uh, our sales were down in the dump just as well. So uh, that was two very long, hard years. Uh, but, but it rebounded uh, with uh, the election. It, uh, the the old Industry rebounded. The price of oil's gone up, and uh, at at fifty and sixty dollars a barrel, and now seventy. I said we're we're very well blessed and very happy about it. One of the things I like to ask uh, people like yourself in interviews is, uh, who who is your ideal customer? I mean, a lot of times it can go a lot of different ways, or it can be very specific too. So, uh, who is your ideal customer? Our ideal customer. We deal with the end user, uh, the producer. We deal with uh, our particular part of the pump industry. We deal with everything above ground. Once the oil, water, whatever we're pumping gets above ground, we deal with it. And so uh, we do a lot of midstream. We do a lot of end-user projects right now with anti-pumps or pipeline pumps. Uh, in Texas, they're putting in all kinds of pipelines. And so we're very heavily into that type of business right now. You mentioned earlier about some of the smartphone um apps and some of that change in terms of innovation in the HR department and change in innovation in some of the administration side. How about on the field side? Are you seeing much innovation uh, on your day-to-day, you know, turnkey pumps? I'd imagine, you know, with uh, uh, smart pumps and and new kinds of polymers and all kinds of different things, but are are you noticing any new innovation when it comes to, you know, what you're seeing on a day-to-day basis? Well, like the VFD, the variable frequency drive, that's not a new innovation, but it's but it's being used widely used now. So smart technology is taking over, and it is being used on a much broader scale now. It's not a, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a brand new innovation, but it is actually taking on uh, and, and taking hold of the industry. So smart pumping, smart electricity, more efficient, less horsepower is 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 definitely taking over. That's a very interesting way to put it because I'm hearing more and more of the theme that old school is new school. And this is like, you know, hydraulic fracturing and that sort of thing. That's been around since the 40s, 50s. But it wasn't until they figured out a way to use it that it actually came to fruition and used its potential. And kind of what you said kind of reminded me of that. You know, we went back to some of the old ways but implemented it into this new system and it's actually making it more efficient. I think we're going to get that way eventually to the pencil like you were talking, man, some of these kids is like pulling teeth, getting a pen and paper out. But we might have to position it as, look at this new technology. It's called a pencil and a paper. Who knows? Hmm. Anyway, but well, that, would, that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. To listen to the full length interview with Mike Griffith, Vice President of Knighton Industries, or to listen to other copying capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. The music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. The Moody River Band has a new album hitting the downloadable streets on April 1st. 
For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. To get your mind blown Mind blown, your mind blown I'll show you something that's never been shown Mind blown, your mind blown And that's all you need to know Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch Coaching. Yeah, I mean, this guy gets people laughing. He gets people thinking. He, he's somebody that challenges and inspires. And, and what I think is so beautiful about Eric is he's real. I think the number one thing that I look for in speakers when we bring him into our platforms is that they're that person 365 days a year. Eric is not just a speaker on a stage. That's, that's who he is at the grocery store. That's who he is when he's at the mall. Uh, but, but Eric is somebody that lives his values each and every day. And I, I think we can all respect that. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. June 15th, save the date. That's June 15th, the Bakken Barbecue in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's June 15th. Be sure to save the date today, and we'll see you June 15th at the Bakken Barbecue in Dickinson, North Dakota. Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Now it's time where we're going to hand the baton off to Otis, our multimedia kidpreneur, as he sits down with Blind Joe, the singer-songwriter. Today we are joined by Blind Joe, the singer and the songwriter extraordinaire. <laughs> I have a question to ask you, Joe. Extraordinaire. Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. You How are you welcome. Doing? I'm good. good. How are you? Good. I'm doing great, man. Ask away. Why is your name Blind Joe? Why is my name Blind Joe? Well, actually, Blind Joe, I get that a lot, actually. People kind of people think that I kind of came up with it as a stage name or something like that, and that's actually not the case. Uh, when I was a kid, we had a lot of Joes in school, and uh, I'm not sure what grade I was in, but one of the teachers eventually, one of my teachers had said, well, what do we call you, Joe B? And I said, no, nah, just call me Blind Joe. And uh, so that's what uh, people have called me ever since. My friends have called me Blind Joe since I was a little kid, probably about your age. How old are you, 11, 12? I am 10. 10, 10. I overestimated. You're such a mature dude. Do I look 11? <laughs> you look about 14, man. Um, a regular chick magnet, aren't you? Eh. 
No? <laughs> Me neither, man. I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> when did you lose your eyesight? Actually, I was born blind. What happened was uh, I was born three months premature. That's just a fancy way of saying early. And uh, as a result, uh, there's a part of the back of your eye called your retina that attaches as you develop. And unfortunately, mine did not. So I have what's called retinopathy of prematurity. Basically means my retinas are detached. Retinopathy of prematurity. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tongue twister, huh? Yes. Retinopathy of prematurity. It took me a little practice to get that one down, too. How old were you when you started playing guitar? When I started playing guitar, uh, well, professionally, I started playing uh, when I was probably about 21. Uh, no, I was about 19 or 20. Uh, but I started playing, you know, just for fun when I was a little kid. My grandpa was a huge influence on me, and he was into a lot of old-school country music, people like Johnny Cash and Hank Williams and Willie Nelson and stuff like that. And he used to play, yeah, and he used to play in, in bands around North Dakota and Minnesota. And uh, he bought me my first guitar, actually, and, and modified it for me. It was like a cheap $20 guitar from Sears and Roebuck, and he modified it so that I could play it with a slide, uh, like a dobro guitar, if you know what that is. And... Uh, and that was where I got my start, man. He and I, he would grab up his accordion, and I'd grab my little guitar, and eventually he did buy me a Hawaiian steel guitar that I would play with him, and we would uh, we'd jam out in my parents' basement for hours and hours and hours at a time. We had a blast. He was, he was a wonderful man. How'd you learn how to play guitar, though? He taught me. He taught me the notes, and, uh, and, and actually what helped me a lot was uh, I took piano lessons, too at a very young age. I was probably five or six when I started. And, uh, you know, when you learn the notes on a piano and you learn the chords, uh, I think really that's a great way for anybody to get started with music is to learn piano because, like I said, you know the notes, you know the keys, you know the chords, and, uh, and it can really help you when you're trying to pick up another instrument and learn how to play it because you've already kind of got to step up by knowing all that. So, but I was probably about uh, six when I, when I started to learn to play guitar. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. You play guitar? Uh, no, I play piano. You play piano, huh? How yeah. Long, you, do you take lessons? Or you no, just, I don't take lessons. You do it all by ear. You're the man like that, aren't you? Yeah, you I, I um, do tutorials and stuff on um, YouTube. Do you really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. What's your, uh, your, your we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to talk after the interview. You're going to have to give me the link to your YouTube page. I want to put you on Facebook and Twitter and stuff mm -hmm. to get people watching your channel. That's great, man. Keep that up. That's awesome. I don't have a YouTube channel, though. Well, Dad you, does. Oh, okay. Well, we'll put a, we'll put a, we'll put a link to your dad's YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. So, is that where your videos are, though? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll just, we'll link to your videos then, yeah. so people can watch them. That's awesome, man. It's been up for like three months. Has no, it? Not even three months, like five months, and it only has one subscriber. And that's from my dad's. <laughs> that's from my dad's computer. You know what? YouTube's a tough nut to crack, though, man. I hear you. Don't feel bad. I was. Uh, why would I, I was, feel bad? I was on, well, I was on The Voice, and I have I only have like 600 subscribers or something like that. So, Wow. Yeah, you, YouTube. Oh, thank you. I'd like to have like 600,000. I see these people on YouTube all the time with like a million subscribers. I think, man, that'd be so neat. Have you seen but oh, I don't have, uh, I, I don't put up a lot of content, though. I, I probably don't take care of my YouTube channel as much as I should. But uh, what were you going to ask me? Um... Did I already ask you what was your first job? My first job? No, you did not ask me that. Well, my first job was in high school. I was a telemarketer 
Um, and we did uh, like community fundraising, so we weren't like trying to sell you insurance or vacuum. And that was Otis, the multimedia kidspreneur. To listen to more multimedia kidspreneur interviews, first jobs, and other kids and capitalism features, visit kidsandcapitalism.com. That's kidsandcapitalism.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Oh, Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. The Moody River Band has a new album hitting the downloadable streets on April 1st. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. Because we're back to the way. Jump over the candlestick. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. And that concludes this week's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. For a full list of today's guest and interview, visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We'll be back next week on this radio station at this time. For a full list of our radio affiliates and other media partners, please visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and from the staff here at Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we're asking you to be happy, make money, and give back. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. Sign on on front porch saying, hot stuff will say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million, too. Seems like no matter who I talk to in the world of business these days, people are telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what Jeff Schatz, superintendent of the Fargo Public Schools, has to say about Eric Hatch and Hatch coaching. I just thought that his story uh, about how he talks about the struggles that he and his family went through and having children and how, you know, everybody has a hot mess and how, how do you deal with that in life. And I just thought that really resonates well with, you know, folks. And so um, I thought that would be a great message for everybody to hear. Well, then beyond that, I've also seen Eric um, do uh, some of the other things that he does with emceeing and leading other types of things that he does. He does coaching, I know, with students um, where the principals have hired him to come in and do that. So I just ex- extended that opportunity for him to be the MC too. He was very well received. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet. 
the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. 